welcome to Safe House. In the studio today, we have the gorgeous and glamorous and mysterious Lady Bushra. Hi, Poppy. Thank you so, so much for having me. Do you prefer Poppy or Poopy? <laughs> <laughs> Here she goes. <laughs> are you are you more because I've met you and you're more poopy than Poppy? So do you know what the amount of times um, I've been called Poopy La before? You'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd what be surprised. made you? I know it's my I know it's my interview and it's all about me, but I want to know about you. Why Poppy? Why today? Why now? Why Poppy? Um, yeah, it's a bit boring to be honest. So me me mum used to call me. Um, do you want the real story or do you want the PC story? Because we've we've learned, but <laughs> give me the. Okay, oh, you tell me. You tell me whatever story you want to, whatever you're comfortable with. Tell me. So my mum used to call me Poppet when I was younger. Oh yeah. So that's the story I like to tell everyone. The original story is that we were coming up with funny food puns, and this is back when I was like 19, and we were flitting back and forwards, and I really really liked the name Poppy, and then my friend said, "Why don't you call yourself Poppy Dom?" Because Mm-hmm. You know, Dom is like mm-hmm. a gay thing, and Poppy's a girl's name, and then and then we quickly realised that maybe it wouldn't quite fit my drag style to be called Poppy Dom, as in like Papa Dom. So we steered <laughs> clear of that, renamed myself. <laughs> That's a story that goes around the dark drag oh, web. So yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about that anymore. Oh, Poppy yeah. Dom. We need a Poppy. I think I'm going to call you Poppy Dom from now on. I think no, 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 no. We, we need to bring that. <laughs> but I feel like I owe you that story because you asked me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I thought it might be something to do with, uh, what is it called? Remembrance Sunday. <laughs> I thought you might come from a really patriotic family and, you know, you had a granddad in the war or something. <laughs> well, I mean, you're wearing red and you've got black headphones. You look like a poppy. I mean, I, al- I so, always wear I red. Know. I always wear it, The flower, yes. T- to to be completely honest, the second... So, Paul, that's where Poppy came from. The second name came from... Me and Holly were sat just chilling, doing whatever. And we were trying to come up with a surname because originally I worked in... And they were saying, mm-hmm. but you need a second name. You need like a... like a You know, they all have them like... I'll probably bleep all these out. But you've got... And you've got... And you've got... Mm-hmm. And they were like, you need a surname because it's boring. And I was like, right, okay. So we were trying to think before d- called me Poppy Love. We were trying to come up with a surname. <laughs> and she was like, <laughs> so you went with La. Literally. She, she was like, hey, Poppy La, which is like a Scouse thing. So that's mm-hmm. where that comes from. Wonderful. I'm glad I asked. Long story that you asked. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, right, to get started, first of all, I'd ask everyone the pronouns just so I don't piss anyone off. What are your pronouns? Do you use them? I don't I don't have pronouns. Just call me whatever. Just call me. God. Do you know what I mean? Just keep thinking of me and call me whatever. It's fine. I mean, I, I perform in all sorts of places to a very diverse audience. And, you know, I could turn around and be like, yes, I see him. It's fine. But then, mm. you know, in the drag world, vast majority of drag, fellow drag queens will say she, her, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, then you get used to that. Then you get into the fantasy and you're like, yes, Bushra, she. And then you'll have that straight guy going, bro, your comedy was so good. Oh, bro, I loved your show. <laughs> and bro, then they fist the bump me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, do you know what? A ticket sale is a ticket sale. Call me yeah. whatever. It's fine. Fair yeah. Right. 
Yeah, I feel like it allows me to be more free when I just forget that all of that exists, but each to their own. Yeah. And if it helps people with their identity, then work diva. Sure. I always let everyone introduce themselves because I feel like it's the best way to do it. You know yourself the best. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit because they haven't got a visual, they can't see you. And um, I mean, everyone's probably going to know you anyway, but tell everyone who you are and what it is you do as a creator. Sure. Well, hello, everybody on this wonderful podcast. My name is... Amir, or when I'm in drag, I'm a drag artist, drag comedian. And when I'm in drag, I'm known as Lady Bushra. Lady Bushra is a perpetually 19-year-old teenage girl who comes from the exotic land of Bradford. And, um, you know, that's that's just who she is. She's mother to Callum and Felicity. She's a single mom of two raising Caucasian kids. Not quite sure how that happened, but here we are, hashtag diversity. Absolutely. She took a trip down to the local <laughs> Tesco and came back with two white kids. <laughs> she did, Well, she's an ally. She's an ally. That was part of... You say... Listen, you say theft, I say outreach program. Okay, so... That's I wasn't thinking right now. less theft and more like local dalliance, but... <laughs> well, whenever I do theft. a show, I always say she did a reverse Madonna. Okay. So... Bushra did a reverse Madonna. Yeah, she went to the whitest place, you know, Cheshire. <laughs> and... <laughs> and she was she was like, do you know what? I need to help these people because sometimes ketchup is a spice. I get it. I'm an ally. Let's do this. Chips and gravy. Why not? Absolutely. absolutely. A woman of the people. A woman of the people. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, so, I so, mean, to be honest with you, we, sorry, but the whole ahead. drag, it, it's its not its not particularly taking the piss out of a demographic. It's to kind of tell people, I mean, drag is all about reminding people to not take life too seriously. And like, absolutely. identity politics are just so huge these days. And this is my little way of saying, do you know what? Like, everybody says everybody's equal. I say everybody's trash and we all have the ability to be trash including myself do you know what i mean so like yeah. my company is kind of taking the piss out of everyone including myself first and foremost yeah i like that i like that you asked me where my name comes from where did you get lady bush from well lady because obviously she's lady so that's not up for dispute and secondly bushra well because i was born and raised in bushra right uh, i'm sorry bradford not bushra i was, I was raised, like, born this? and raised <laughs> i was born and raised in a city in the uk called bradford and bradford is uh, you know she's rough around the edges she's it's a it's an old industrial city with a large south asian population and if somebody calls you a bushra like that is the thing that girls often tend to get called like oh you're such a bushra and bushras are those boisterous larger than life girls right okay. so uh, my i i decided to call my myself bushra because it's kind of like doing them a little bit of justice and saying do you know what you can be a larger than life boisterous girl and that's not necessarily a negative thing you know embrace the bushra you know bushras are all, they're <laughs> almost like brown karens you know they're brown karens i've seen you said that on i think it was on your documentary with your husband yes 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 like, on channel four karen. yeah yeah she's a brown karen we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later <laughs> sure don't, don't you worry about it <laughs> i like that though that's fab so i always ask everyone obviously you've got a like a larger than life drag persona that's part of you but like what what do you do when you're not Lady Bushra. Uh, well, I'm I am a full time drag artist, so I do Bushra is very much my mainstay. But yeah. outside of that, when I'm not 
uh, in Bushra. I am the other half of my gorgeous husband. And together we are known as the You Don't Love Me Boys. Mm-hmm. We have a separate Instagram page. We have a separate sort of social media following that's way bigger than Bushra's. And <laughs> we, we're podcasters predominantly. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, do, we've been doing this podcast since before I was doing drag. So we've been doing it since oh, wow. June of 2019. Yeah, and it's all about life from the perspective of a gay South Asian married couple. So we didn't really know what we were doing. I think my husband just had a lot of opinions. So we, you know, switched on the old iPad and we got him talking and getting getting progressively drunk. And then uh, somebody left us a review saying, oh, they did not manage to achieve what they were setting out to achieve. And we were like... We we were like, well, we don't know what we were trying to achieve, actually. So then now what we've realized is that it very much is just about us being who we are in mm-hmm. life from our perspective. And we're fortunate enough that, you know, people resonate with that. Yeah. And it kind of gives a little bit of visibility to queer South Asian kids around the world, yeah. as well as people who come from organized religious households that they no longer resonate with. We're just, we're here to say, look, we're not bashing anyone, but we're just saying that this is a completely valid way of living and you can too. Absolutely, absolutely. And also if you, you said you didn't really have like a, an intention or kind of like a, a an aim for for the podcast originally but if you found a gap in the mm. in the market well, not to call it a market it sounds a little bit like capitalist but if you found a gap in in the entertainment then clearly that there needs to be something there so like why the fuck not uh, wh- well okay yes why why not but also what's wrong with capitalism you're a drag queen girl <laughs> You are literally scouring AliExpress. Not me, girl. Not me, girl. Absolutely fucking not. Uh, (laughs) Oh, girl, bye. You won't catch me in a human hair wig. Every drag queen is, okay, well, fine, plastic, even worse. Those poor turtles. Every every drag queen is the poster child for capitalism. I'm sorry to tell you. I have not seen a single queen who has a sustainable sequin on their gown or anything. No, we're all all like, yeah, let's just do this fast and nasty. It's, it's very I, much. I was going to argue with you, but I'm just not going <laughs> to. I, I well, you'd be wrong if you did. So good on you. Um, but I love it when it comes to pride. And everyone's like, oh, the cor- they want to tap into the pink pound. These big corporations, terrible. Blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, it's always, but you know what, girl? You go and get your coin, so work. And I'm like, okay. So which is it? <laughs> which you. is it? <laughs> yeah, which is it? It's like, it's like, oh, boo, capitalism. Ooh, new Prada shoes. Do you know what I mean? It's very that. Fair. I mean, as, as gorgeous Holly always says to me, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. And I live by that. <laughs> yeah, you know, the world is finite and life is short and buy that human hair wig. There's always and fuck Yeah, there's always a sale on, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll put we'll put that we'll put that one to bed. Yeah, let's <laughs> So I wanted to take yourself back. I mean it's not that far, you literally just mentioned it twenty nineteen and I I thought that was the case because I obviously do my research because I know you quite well anyway. Mm. But the drag references don't go back further than twenty nineteen and that's because you started 
I, in 2019. No, right? I actually started in January of 2020. It was f- fun. I, I was part of another Channel 4 documentary then, <laughs> believe it or not. And with the director and the producer, we were sort of sat, we were just talking and it was an idea in my head. And I said, oh, you know, what if she was called Lady Bushra of Bradford? And they started laughing. And I was like, okay, I'm on to something here. Yeah. Then I went to this charity shop that was raising money for people in Pakistan. And I bought a few secondhand clothes including one sari that was like 42 pounds and I turned it inside out to make it look terrible and I got it for 350 judge me for all you want it's fine it was who I was not who I am but anyway and then um kind of uh, by February I was on stage in London so I performed at the same venue as where Cheryl Hold used to have her residency uh-huh. uh, so uh, we did a, a gorgeous variety show there with Club Carly which is a South, uh, South Asian LGBT night in London then of course we had the pandemic during sort of March onwards March 2020 right through to sort of July August 2021 was when I started really working hard on making digital content and I went viral a couple of times and then I started getting gigs in people were like oh do you fancy doing a brunch here do you fancy doing a variety show and I've kind of not looked back since yeah so would you say, you said that you were talking to a, a producer about some kind of program on Channel 4. Was it was it like comedy? Did you start with comedy and then the drag was kind of like a, let's try this? Or you- No, no. So the producer and the director, they were the producers and directors of the documentary that me and my husband were a part of. Mm-hmm. So this was, an, this was a documentary that was being shot in February of 19. It was called My God, I'm Queer. So mm-hmm. it was the director and the producer that we were just sort of having coffee and talking informally. And then I just kind of came out with the idea of, oh, what if there was this character? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where it sort of stemmed from. But Bushra, I, I know now I do a whole host of different things with with uh, as Lady Bushra. But initially, it was definitely comedy. It, yeah. it, the mainstay was and probably will always be comedy. Yeah. So anything from stand up comedy to slapstick or sketches, mm-hmm. um, all of it. Yeah. Did you do comedy before Bushra? Was that like st- like stand up? Because it comes naturally to you, like. Not to, blow, <laughs> not to blow smoke up your ass, but like there's very little people I'll sit and absolutely piss myself at and you're <laughs> Oh, thank you. You're too kind. Um, I was always funny. I always knew how to light up a room. You know, people would expect me to say something funny. Like they would just, they would be in hysterics. And I suppose it was probably like that because a lot of people are boring. Do you know what I mean? I don't find a lot of people funny. So right. I was like... I might as well make everyone's lives easier. No, but the people used to always say say it to me. I mean, I, I think with every comedian, it's kind of like a coping mechanism to you know my upbringing, etc. But people would would always say they were like, "You should do stand up comedy. You should be a comedian. Mm-hmm. It's something that you should do." But I never pursued it, mainly because I came from the Bradford district. I mean, not even Bradford; it was a small mm-hmm. town. Though there's no entertainment prospects there per se, right. particularly for a gay bearded brown man. I, and quite negligible so then uh, well at the time there were anyway and so then when I started drag I realized that I can get away with saying a lot more providing I'm wearing a wig and a really terrible sari and so that's when it started and I tested the waters you know Uh because I would say some of the same jokes as I would do in drag but I'd say them out of drag 
and people were like oh good heavens what are you saying you can't say that but right. then when i when so then i t- i actually tone it down when i'm out of drag when i'm in drag girl i you know the, there's no holes barred but it's a it's a character it's a social role that you're playing essentially uh-huh. so yeah yeah on that a little bit so obviously mixing comedy and culture together i think sometimes creates some of the most incredible comedy mixing drag comedy and culture together have you ever had any backlash or do you feel any like pressure or anything like that <laughs> do you know the thing is i tend to see so many people focus on the negativity so like if they yeah. might get like 10 comments they will screenshot them and they will put a response out and then they will talk about how it's affecting them and everything what i have to constantly remind myself is that the haters are a drop in the ocean you know right. like they are literally are a drop in the ocean sometimes they might cross legal and fundamental lines and you know that's when i've considered getting lawyers involved and you know pursue liability cases that that's but you know that's the last end result that's a very small thing oh yeah girl i've had like obsessive fans yeah, I'm like, circle what? the building i've had obsessive fans circle the building that i live in and like then turn adversaries yeah the- <laughs> There has been some crazy things happening, but the vast majority of it is online and online is almost, you know, it's like a vape cloud. It's annoying. It's, you know, unnecessary, just like you. But then poof, it's gone. Do you know what I mean? So very honestly, through the work that me and my husband do, through what he does with his social media, through what I do, we have probably had hundreds, if not thousands of hateful messages. But Mm. would you believe it is just a drop in the ocean. The vast majority of people, either they're shouting into a void or they're saying it to themselves. You know, many people who are homophobic have gender identity or sexuality uh, issues themselves that they need need to deal with. Uh, Or they're just incredibly lonely and sad. So why would I... Yeah, so why why would I beat them down when they're already in that state? Given the fact that my whole purpose of my drag is to entertain people and not lift them. So I, I just leave them alone. Having said that, you know, I I am the North Korea of drag. (laughs) Everybody just says positive stuff. Nobody is allowed to say negative stuff. So like on TikTok, on Instagram, I have like 30, 40 uh, words banned. I'm like, if you use any of these words, your comment, I'm not even going to see your comments. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't need that. I don't need people to see that. And I don't need that sort of rhetoric validated. You know, we're not playing those games today, Diane. Yeah. No, no, we're not. That's a great approach to have. I feel like that's probably why you've been so successful because a lot of people focus on the comments that they're getting or other people's reactions. I'm a victim of it. Like I'm constantly mm-hmm. trying to please a certain demographic of people that maybe I would be more successful if I didn't and working mm-hmm. working towards that. But like work, not a lot of people can do it. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy at all. I, I learned uh-huh. this from watching The Crown because... Outside of my drag, at heart, I am a middle-aged white woman. Yeah. And so I love watching The Crown. As a middle-aged white woman, that's my target demographic. You know, they target those shows to me, right? So anyway, I would, uh, yeah, that and Downton Abbey, I fucking love it. Anyway, so I, when I was watching this one episode, Prince Charles is having the mayor and he's like, oh, I hate my wife. She's so beautiful, (laughs) but I hate her or whatever. Um, And he's like, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to say this. 
and the what the queen says she says sometimes the hardest thing to say is nothing at all mm-hmm. and that really resonated with me it's not to say that i won't take a stance so it's not to say that i don't say stuff it's just i don't say it in the way uh-huh. that people would anticipate me to because they're not going to get a rise out of me that's not the purpose you know it's like say for example with the whole discourse with jk rowling and her view on trans people and how they should assimilate in society rather than going out online online and retaliating i would much rather secretly but not secretly but i'd, I'd much rather support my send her horrible um, post to her po box tr- well <laughs> i would just shit in a box set it on fire and post it to her exactly, do you know what i mean exactly. that's that's the dignified thing to do no but like i you know there's other ways would you believe that's the image i had in my head when i made horrible posts <laughs> no i <laughs> the filtered version no the i i would version. i would I wouldn't retaliate in the in the same way. You know, there's there's so much other stuff that you can do. It's like, say, for example, with the drag rhetoric that's happening in Tennessee, Florida, and one of the other states in the USA. Like, there's two things that you can do. Either you can get a placard and you can go right into the fa- faces of the extreme right and you can start having a physical altercation, or you can donate to the ACLU and fight it through litigation. And I, the way that I am, I would prefer the latter rather than the former. It's the same with JK Rowling, you know, mm-hmm. when she starts becoming becoming a legislative problem, then we will handle it. Other than that, she can mm-hmm. have a little picnic parties at home with a lot of people who hate transphobes or, you know, or whatever. Girl, you, if that's how you want to spend your billions, go for it. Because guess what? You've probably got a good 30 years at best and then you'll be dead (laughs) Uh, yeah through natural causes or through hate whatever i don't know but you know that's if that's how you want to spend your sunset years you know if that's the legacy if that's the protection you need to create in order to get through the day yeah you go for it, Joanne. You do it. <laughs> and I think as as like people, I think and as and as drag artists as well, I think it's just finding a way of navigating that in the changing world that's going on around. It's just it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, Pride is a protest. I get that, and drag is political. That is very, very true. However, drag has changed so much yeah. since 30, 40, 50 years ago. It was, it was very, very different. It was still very underground. It was still very community based, for lack of a better term. Now these these bitches are on Marvel. Yeah. You know, they've got contracts with Disney. Yeah. They're on billboards. They're advertising storage units. You know, <laughs> they're this, they're literally everywhere, and it, so it's a whole different ball game. If I catch you on an Apex storage sign outside of Hume Asda, I'm going to be very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to start somewhere. So yeah, from your lips to God's ears, my love. Let's do this. <laughs> I have I have done a few bits. I did. I did. I've done a few campaigns out of drag. I'm trying to think. I think I've done a couple in drag as well. Mm. But yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. You see, the thing with, with Bushra is because she's such a boisterous, abrasive character, I don't know if there's many brands that want to partner with uh, unless it's like hmrc revenue and customs where they need somebody horrible to like (laughs) collect money then yeah that's a great brand endorsement but other than that you know every other than that everybody else is like love your skin everyone's beautiful and you know that's not that's not very that's not very bushwhack and i think if you if that was going to be something you went for i think you would have to make sure that they don't try and change who bushra is like the brand would have to fit 
with you exactly you're not assimilating to shit no <laughs> sorry no yeah exactly that's that's probably what would what would need to happen i thought i was getting nicer as bushra but as i'm talking it through i really am not <laughs> I thought I'd got nicer. No. Okay. That br- that actually brings me on to my next question. Okay. So how has your like approach to performing and being Lady Bushra changed from the beginning to now? Well, I miss Baby Bushra. The, the way that my drag has changed from when I started to now is that before the stakes weren't that high at all because it was just me and my husband in the kitchen with a ring light, you know? My yeah. eyeliner was from Lidl and I was, <laughs> I, mean, I kid you not. The middle aisle. Yeah, 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 One ninety nine, And I was like, why is it splitting? It was like doing an, it was like <laughs> painting on like a candle wax or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it just, it, it would just not stick on my face. Anyway, so the stakes were not high at all. So it was a lot more fun in that regard. Now it's a lot more challenging, but I enjoy it more because it's a lot more challenging. So, you know, we try to refine the looks. We try to refine the makeup. We try to make sure the gig is good and the audience's expectations are met as best as possible. What's your filtering process for choosing venues and shows that you do? Uh, whoever answers the email with the yes. Yeah, we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think now. I think now it, it depends. It really does depend. It depends on the type of gig, the type of person. Like you know, I've performed in restaurants. Um, I'm due to do a brunch this Saturday at Chiquitos with Tequila Thirst, which will be fun. But when it comes to showcasing Lady Bushra or the Lady Bushra show, because I do my own drag comedy cabarets, I've done my own solo stunt. I've done my own solo comedy theatre show that I'm bringing back in November. For that. Yeah, it has to be a good stage. It has to have good lighting. I'm a people person. I really want to know the type of people I'm working with and and how sort of on board they are. Because even sometimes you can have venues that say, yeah, sure, come in. And it's because one manager has seen a Drag Race episode three years ago. And they're like, oh, this is different. This will be fun. And everyone else is like, what the hell? I thought we were watching football today. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I like it when it's an eclectic mix of people and they know what they're doing. That's the criteria. You know, people buy from people and it's important to be the type of person that people want to work with. And that goes for Uh me. It goes for myself as well. Wise, wise words from a wise, wise woman. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. What else would you expect, my darling? Comedy is serious. Comedy is serious business. Where a lot of comedians outside are really boring. Really boring. Yeah. Mm. I'm so... so, This is what I was saying earlier. So, like, not that I'm the pinnacle of, like, comedy review. Yeah, you're not. You're not. Yeah, that's true. No. Yeah, you're not. No. <laughs> I can say it, but you can't. <laughs> Sorry, Poopy. Go on. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm have you given up on? Have you given up on Poppy Dom? Poppy Dom. What did you just call me? Wow. Huh? Excuse. I think it's time me? for the break. <laughs> Yeah, you better. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, as I was saying, um, <laughs> like, we, we, I can't even know what I was going to say now. Um, <laughs> I saw this Poppadom business. I thought the spirit of Jade Goodyear had entered this podcast. My goodness me. I'm going to use my age card and say I don't know who that is. You don't know who Jade Goodyear is? How old are you? No, I'm 23. Okay. You should Google. How old is J- You should Google Shil Pachetti, Jade Goody, Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> it was an iconic moment in history. Shilpa Shetty 
is an A-list Bollywood star okay. who entered the UK Big Brother house, and there was another contestant who was an absolute Big Brother favorite uh-huh. who went into the house. So I think this was like the all stars version of Big Brother, <laughs> and Jade Goody came from a very working class background, so she was you know just just herself, whereas Shilpa Shetty was an absolute A-lister. So Shilpa Shetty was very much like, oh, my servants aren't here today, <gasps> so I guess I'm making tandoori chicken myself. Like she didn't I say that, that, but diva, you, she like... she just she just was like a princess, right? Yeah. And that just did not sit well with our late great uh, Jade Goody, <laughs> and so there was just this huge ruckus, and it was, and they were taking the piss out of her facial hair, and and they just wanted to tear her down. And then there was this one moment she was like, "She'll, I don't even know what her name is, she'll for Papa Dom or whatever," <gasps> and it made it was just national headlines. No, it got no. so bad, it got so bad that when Jade Goody got evicted from the house, she they didn't have an audience. You know how they usually have a crowd they had no one and there was nobody go or did they just not have anyone there because they thought that they might for security reasons they couldn't have anyone there (laughs) they were like helicopters circling the house and stuff yeah it was like and then Shilpa Shetty won yeah Shilpa Shetty then won but um unfortunately Jay you know they they reconciled and then unfortunately Jay Goody passed away but um that was quite a moment yeah Uh And why did that influence you in your? <laughs> why? Because <laughs> no, I was a, because I was a brown person who grew up in those times, and kids at school would be like, "Amir, we saw Big Brother. Are you okay?" And I was like, "In a way, Shilpa is speaking to me, like whatever." But you know, <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was that. it was a wild time. You know, it was a wild time. That's good. Well, thank you for educating me. If nothing else, she's an educator because I'm clearly uneducated in these in the British culture. Yeah. Yeah. That is big brother. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, that's you and this is me, so yeah. <laughs> okay. So I don't know where we left off, but I'm sure it was something c- controversial. We were talking about climate change. We were talking about climate change. <laughs> Thunberg. And how all of your yeah. shows are now gonna be solar panels. Absolutely, solar yeah. power. Instead of pads, we're gonna uh, we're gonna wear solar panels. Um not efficient, but still we try. No. And that's Instead of pads, we're going to use old T-shirts. Yeah, it, actually, t-shirts. there is a few queens that look like they use old T-shirts as pads. Um, oh, that's... A no. redacted drag queen here. <laughs> but this is a show about positivity, and we're here to talk about Lady Bush. <laughs> well, that's an oxymoron in itself, let's face it. <laughs> Lady, Bush... Um... Lady Bush is a menace. She's not really positive. But anyway, but she brings, ironically, she brings positivity to the world because she's very much indirectly, yeah, yeah, she's very much <laughs> a, a hazard sign symbol of what not to be in life. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, and I will follow it's along like... and ignore those hazard signs <laughs> along the way. <laughs> yes, you carry on being the brown Bollywood beauty that you are, Poppy. Don't you <laughs> let people stop you? You go for it, girl. You're gonna get me cancelled. <laughs> these queens don't need any ammo um, anyway anyway um i wanted to talk about i know this show is about you i'm going to tell you my favorite my favorite of your performances that i've witnessed okay. and i want you to talk about it a little bit sure it was roger presents mm-hmm. in i think it was september time last year yes um i think it was one of the first times you did a spoken word number yes 
And it was, if I remember rightly, it was from a Bollywood soap opera. And it was a lady, the context was there was a lady and a king involved. But I can't for the life of me remember. Can you fill me yeah. in and tell me about it? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's very well remembered. It was actually from a Bollywood film called Bajira Mastani, which is mm. a, a historical film. So Bajira uh, Balar was an actual person who, who lived. And he had a wife named Kashibai. And whilst he was married, mm to Gashibai, he fell in love with a princess from a different kingdom called Mastani. So the film was in 2016 directed by Sanjiri Labansali and the scene that I reenacted, the spoken word, was very much inspired by RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 7 when Monet Exchange and Jinx Monsoon yeah. did that scene from Designing Women. And, I th- and you know, my, my drag is very much British South Asian. So I thought to myself, I thought, well, South Asian Bollywood, where is the Bollywood equivalent of that? Or where is the Bollywood reference? And obviously I had Bajira Mastani in my repertoire. So I love that scene in the film where Gashibai confronts Bajira about bringing an extra person into their relationship and essentially taking uh-huh. her pride away. You know, her relationship was uh-huh. her pride. So she's kind of lost a sense of herself. So the scene that I reenacted was very much that confrontation that she has with him. It was, I think, because I think you explained it before, mm. before the performance, which I thought was great. Just watching somebody perform in another language is honestly mind blowing, <laughs> and you did not miss a single word, <laughs> and it was just and, and and as you said, you were like, "Where's where's the equivalent?" Because there isn't, no one's doing the equivalent. Mm. I was like, "Oh my, this <laughs> this I've never seen this before." I just love it. Yeah. It was boss. It was incredible, and I went away talking to Holly about it, and I was like, "I just I need to pick a brain." <laughs> what like apart from like looking for the equivalent and being like, "I want to do that because no one else is doing mm. it." What what made you want to do the spoken word and delve a little bit more into some serious performance sure i mean to be honest with you i don't think i do it because nobody else is doing it because i'm sure there is like the the universe is so big i'm sure there is a lady bushra yeah. with 10 tentacles on the planet neptune doing the exact same thing and do you know what i mean that doesn't phase <laughs> okay. that doesn't phase me at all but what i do like is doing things that are from a place of authenticity and are that are from my reference point and as i say i'm british south asian so yes as soon as i get on stage uh-huh. on the mic talking english and away I go with the South Asian element. And what I realized very quickly was that, and, and, and I'm grateful for my formative years to a certain extent, because I did grow up in a predominantly white space, I suppose, even in school. And, you know, just because they were white does not mean that they were not able to appreciate a different culture. You know, I always mm. say, even if, if the person is white, they will know good South Asian drag from not so good South Asian drag because a creased, <laughs> poorly made outfit is a creased, poorly made outfit in any country or culture. So, you know, I so that didn't worry me at all. But then also um, what I know is, is that emotions are a universal language. Yeah, I, when I absolutely. When I was younger, I used to live in Hungary, in Budapest. Um, so, I'd, oh, wow. so I'd see the Hungarian talk and without knowing the language I kind of knew what they were talking about you know everybody's problems are the same like there's and I think there's even research on it that like vast majority of languages use on average 200 words and the rest of it's quite rare it's just this you know it's the same thing it's universal so I thought why not do drag but with a different angle that's authentic so that's really where it came from and in terms of moving away from comedy the reason why is because I was neglecting a part of my art that was not comedy 
comedy is serious but when you first start comedy it's like this eventuality right because believe it or not I always wanted to paint pretty I always wanted to look glamorous and I didn't know how to so the makeup would eventually be inevitably it would turn out comedic so I'm like oh well here we go let's do comedy (laughs) kind of thing then I was like I need to start taking it a little bit more seriously and I think the juxtaposition between looking as best as you can and be and having the audacity to be funny whilst doing it that's the sweet spot that is where the magic happens have you found that have you found that point yet (laughs) (laughs) i have have you (laughs) i'm not funny at all i'm just uh, pretty dumb i think i have i think i i think i have but uh, you don't that's not to imply that i've found perfection because perfection doesn't exist i'm constantly going to change and constantly going to evolve but i found the point where i'm happy with my aesthetic i'm i continuously work on it and people laugh with me because i'm funny they don't laugh at me because i'm funny looking you know there's a different there's a there's a difference there and yeah and you know i I grew up in a ultra orthodox household i grew up in a fairly toxic household that left me with several scars shall we say and so the element Mm. of you know i i have had therapy it's helped me on my personal journey and it's helped me with my spiritual journey and and personal well-being however rage is something that is a feeling all too familiar for me because i wasn't afforded emotions growing up so it would turn into rage so when you do a performance like that it's a great way to channel that energy because the character feels rage she is helpless that this Uh person who she's loved so dearly has brought on a second person and this isn't just an ordinary marriage this is you know this is national headlines kind of thing so this person's completely humiliated and they can't do anything about it so art is a wonderful healing tool as well because through such performances you are able to feel good make other people feel good and connect on a human level yeah was that scary for you to go that way uh, no, not at all. Not at all. I think it came from a place of authenticity. That's that's the reason why I wasn't yeah. afraid at all. I would love to one day play a super serious role in drag. I, I think that would... Mm. I, I don't even know if it's been done yet. It probably has, but like not in a not in the capacity that I'd do it. I mean, you know, this sounds crazy, but like what would a drag s- serial killer look like? A drag queen who's just had it with society. Yet to be seen. Yeah. Like, you know, the Joker with the Joaquin Phoenix? I feel like right now we don't need that narrative in cinema and TV, but I would love to see it. Yeah, I think it would be great political commentary because there's only so much that you can push a person. You know, protest turns to... Like, you've driven us to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what would happen. But it's the same as, you know, the film uh, The Joker that came out with... You are Kim Phoenix. That's essentially what it is, right? He had a terrible childhood. He's misunderstood by society. He's a bit of a loser. I'm not saying drag queens are losers, but you know, it's kind of like, how far are you going to push yourself? Listen, we are. We all come from somewhere. Like the vast majority and, of drag queens are yeah, beat down to begin with, and that's yeah, why they're so and strong. Yeah, drag queens were offbeat, where where the weirdos that are now celebrated. But what if you were a weirdo who wasn't celebrated? What would that look like? Do you know what I mean? What if you you were like, yeah, yeah I would love to, like, or or like a drag queen who's an absolute badass. You know, she kind of a straight yeah. alpha male meets his match in the form of a drag queen. What would that film look like? We see it every day on. Can- 
Canal Street and in there you go. So who's telling like, that story? That story needs to be told. Who's having that conversation? <laughs> Let's have that conversation, Diane. <laughs> I always say Diane. Why Diane? I always say Diane. Because Diane's an idiot, okay? <laughs> Diane's that person who doesn't know anything and she says stupid stuff. And I am here to teach and educate Diane. Does Diane live within you? Diane lives within everyone. <laughs> I always say it to my husband. I'm like, how about that, Diane? And he's like, please don't. He's like, please don't call me Diane. <laughs> Speaking speaking of your, your gorgeous husband, let's talk about yes. Love Against the Odds because Love Against the Odds, yes. I had to watch it a few times <laughs> because yes. you don't see like w- one of the things that me and Holly struggle with a lot is that we don't see examples of successful queer relationships. Mm-hmm a lot around mm-hmm. like it, it, whether it's on tv or whether it's like out and about especially not in person like because we both w- mm-hmm. worked with we haven't worked with your, your husband but we've worked with you before and we mm-hmm. don't see a lot of it so like first of all where did it come from and what made you want to do it and also why was it so important that you both chose to partake in this documentary sure well like i said we've been part of documentaries and bits of journalism in the past Mm -hmm. and that was sort of to get our story out there because we realized when we got married that we were such a novelty like i think the registry office that we got married in they had never done a a gay south asian wedding before so we were like the first and we were like oh this is niche and then everyone was like wow we can't believe this is true like even to this day people's jaws will drop when they said first gay south asian couple to get married in bradford i was like that cannot be true like that is crazy yeah yeah yeah. like i the our the person who did our wedding they were like in my 25 years of being here i have never ever seen this happen before and i was like well gay marriage has only been legal since 2014 so does that mean and she was like yeah no not seen it so it's it it was quite it was quite a learning like yeah i was at birmingham pride the other day Mm -hmm. uh performing and somebody came up to me and they were like oh bushra you know you you love what you do and stuff and said oh who's this with you and i said that's my husband and their jaw hit the floor they were like oh yeah 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 and it kind of just made me realize as to why i do what i do because it's important to have that visibility so that's that then it came to a point where i was kind of getting a little bit fatigued with the number of people that wanted to hear our story like i get it everybody somebody turns 18 every other day so i get it people want to listen to our story Mm -hmm. and they need to hear it and we will tell them our story periodically but there is a big danger in you being a broken record because certain things in life they happen to you they don't define who you are so yes we are a gay south asian couple that is who we are but it's not our only claim to fame no 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 oh that's a nice black pussy cat what's his what's his name diva diva like the (laughs) diva (laughs) no (laughs) absolutely fucking not manchester legend He, he has more teeth and more rhythm in his body <laughs> do you know? Do you know? You just you when you started this, you described me as mysterious, and I love that because that means that it's working. Because like I get along with every drag queen. I think every drag queen that I work with, I don't have. I so like whenever I see like village the Manchester gay village drama flying around, it's so funny. I'm like, oh, this is funny, but I am not involved in any shape or form, and that makes me feel wonderful. <laughs> 
God. That was I a very political answer of you, a political response. I'm a very, I'm a very diplomatic individual. I am. Uh, yeah, so with my husband and I, we kind uh-huh. of did start getting fatigued with that. So when Love Against the Odds came to us, they were very sensitive in hearing our point of view and hearing our concerns. And we realised that their ethos married into ours, mm-hmm. whereby... I wanted to make sure that we do come across as a gay South Asian couple that's thriving. It's not all about our family hating us. It's, you know, we've forgiven them. We've moved on. They have most certainly moved on. Mm. And we're just, we're just, you know, living two different lives, heading towards the same goal, which is death. So, <laughs> you know, let's not harp <laughs> on about that. So then, it's, then, it, then it becomes about what you're doing, you know, uh, during this lifetime. And obviously I'm doing drag and we have our podcast, which is charting all over the world and we're doing well so that was very important for us in terms of for it to come through and definitely i think drag queens do symbolize uh, success in many ways it is a, it's a drag queens very much or the good ones anyway they are a celebration of the queer community the lgbtqia plus community so I loved it as to how we were able to tell our story in that documentary. And then it very much went into the podcast that we do, Our Chosen Family and Lady Bushra. I love how they incorporated Lady Bushra into that as well, because it was like, yeah, this happened to us. It doesn't mean that that is who we are. Yeah. And we're out there living out loud and proud and we're thriving. So thank you. I mean, you know, it, it means a lot to me that my story and my husband's story resonated with you. That That's really wonderful to hear. That, that's what i took away from it yeah. that's what i took away from it because it's it's very very rare that you come across a, a couple that are either in real life and you see that they're thriving or they're portrayed mm. as thriving because it can be quite hard to navigate the world as a queer mm-hmm. couple or as a couple mm-hmm. in general without a direct reference to go off because yeah. i feel like whether you whether you believe it or not people do just kind of follow the narrative that the heteronormative narrative yeah it can be quite difficult i hear you i completely hear you because before we moved to manchester we lived in a small town and you know there was all sorts of conversations flying around regarding adoption and you guys would be great parents and you know when are you getting a house here and uh, all of that is great it's wonderful financial security the need to pass pass your legacy on i get that those are human responses however the way society is geared up around gay people is really a lot of that isn't for us or it it, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be applicable to us. So you have two choices. Either you follow a heteronormative pattern, you get the house in the suburbs, you adopt a dog or or a <laughs> child from, you know, whatever country. And, and, you know, you replicate, frankly, you replicate the heteronormative model. I'm not saying there's anything, exactly. I'm not saying there's anything wrong for that, but what you have to know as a queer as a young queer person is that that's not the only way to live it just isn't you can mm. be you know it's one of the reasons why i love the likes of lady bunny she's like i don't want to be in a relationship i don't need to be in a relationship and i'm happy being a drag queen in my 50s or early 60s living in new york i'm like you better work do you know what i mean yeah. you 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 live a very authentic very valid life you don't have to be paired off with somebody married 
Mm-hmm. in the suburbs raising a child you just don't need to you know so yeah. uh, so i'm glad we were able to show our way of living i sound like as if i'm really against children i'm not i just don't want them anywhere near me or my shows <laughs> see all these all these conservative laws i get them yeah i get them i'm like no keep your children away it's disgusting i'm joking i'm joking do whatever you want but, but yeah no children aren't for us uh, no, I agree with what you mean. Like the 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 non-typical lifestyle mm. or lifestyles that are out there, they're f- absolutely fine. Leave people to their own shit. That's what I say. Yeah. Like that's d- and I just yeah, I just like to have a reference for myself, and it's nice to see like little images of myself and other people, however far removed sure. they are, even if it's just like a little glimpse. I'm like, okay, I'm on the right track, or you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Your existence your existence is valid just as how you are, you know? So long as you're not harming anyone, mm-hmm. so long as you're not, you know, so long as you're putting positive, you know, the currency, I believe the currency of the universe is positivity, is gratitude. So long as you are exercising that, great things will come to you and you're mm-hmm. perfect just the way you are. You're 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 correct rather just the way you are don't make me cry <laughs> no but you know when when you go through adversity you know because t- t- i'm a comedian so like for me tragedy plus time equals comedy you start laughing yeah. about it do you know what i mean like you really uh-huh. do it's like oh you like another dick and you have a dick of your own right well you better get out of my house it's like what what are yeah. you on about you don't want to when give- you boil it down when you boil it down it's just stupid it really yeah. is stupid. So you kind of just go, okay, do you know what? I'm just going to be over here and do what I need to do whilst you go over there and reproduce do whatever it is that gay you do. children in a religious household. Great. Good for you. And I, and, and that's another thing that I've learned. I don't have anything, I don't have anything against religion. I really don't. Like some of my... I noticed that. Yeah. You I... said in, in the documentary that you think that, correct me if I say anything out of turn, mm-hmm. I think you said that you realised that your parents weren't, it wasn't religion that yes. was the issue. It was that it was being used. Yes. A... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I grew up in an ultra-Orthodox how religious household and it was very it was borderline cult it really really was you know what time you wake up and how you wash your hands and what hand you eat with and you know what hand you wipe your backside with like it was very intrusive it was really really intrusive and when I left it, I re- you know, it was an adjustment for me to fit into the secular world. I realized that I was lying to myself all along. I was like, yeah, I get these. Ref- I didn't have a clue. You know, like Plastic Tierra yeah. in Drag Race when she's like, I was only exposed to pop culture four years ago. I pretty much, yeah. you know, I that I could resonate with that. I was like, yeah, I don't understand. That. And even to this day, I don't get a lot of Western references. Um and so that was that you was. You do a good. You do a good job of hiding it. I do. I most certainly do. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> uh, but you know. But no. So many times I'll just be like frantically googling, or like somebody will say something, and I'm like, oh, I don't know who this person is. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I realised that they were justifying their abuse with religion because you know I'll give you an example. When I was doing drag, I was approached by this Indian restaurant mm-hmm. to do a show, and then when I went there, it dawned upon me that it's a Muslim-owned restaurant. Like you know, there was right. prayer mats flying around, and uh-huh. they were using, and I felt so. I felt really, really in danger. I was like, where have I landed? Even though they had booked me to perform in drag, but they continue to be some of the nicest, most welcoming people I've ever come across. And they really helped me heal. 
uh-huh. because I realized that that's not how religion has to be. And, you know, they were happy with, they were fine with me being a gay person who is no longer religious whilst they had their own views on religion and both of us could coexist, yeah. you know? So that was, that was very refreshing for me. And so then I realized, ah, uh, okay, I was in quite a precarious position. Mm-hmm. growing up that's not what it was and and so now you know when you think about the I'm I am a spiritual person when you think about the universe when you think about how vast it is the humbling and freeing truly freeing aspect of the universe is that it is vast beyond our comprehension mm-hmm. we cannot fathom what 70 plus billion light years looks like do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It, it's beyond, and that's that's just our understanding. We know with a degree of certainty that it's probably bigger than that. Yeah. So then I think to myself, I'm like, forget the multiverse theory. Just look at our own universe. It is so vast that... Let's focus it on this is, one first it, before we start adding the yeah, ones in. <laughs> it is ruled by your God, and it's ruled by your God, and it is ruled by no God. It is so vast that all of it can be true. Uh-huh. All of it is true. How about that? You know, I, I, I recently was at a petrol station. And I could hear this girl and she was like, yeah, and I love God. And I don't understand why people have a problem with me, blah, blah, blah. And I did, and I broke it down for her in that same way. And the look on her face, because it, a lot of so much of it is just to do with identity. And so much of identity is to do with ego. Yeah. And it was, and I was like, don't, you don't, you don't need to make your life so complicated. You want to believe in it? Fine. Mm-hmm. You don't want to believe in it? That is also fine. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you're not harming anyone by not believing in it so i'm an ally to religious people you want to be religious you want to come to my shows you want to pay for a ticket that's fine pound sterling is universal wherever (laughs) it comes from i don't care Absolutely. I think you've got a great perspective on it. I think whoever's listening to this, I'm enjoying it just recording. And I think a lot of people <laughs> will appreciate listening to it as well because you've got a really good take on it, to be honest. It's just a lot, oh, thank you. it's a lot more open, open minded and, a, and a, a bit more of a bigger picture than I think a lot of people take day to day. So, yes. Yeah, I sure. think it's really important. Okay, so we're moving towards the end of the episode. Um, oh, finally. Yeah, and, sorry. And, uh, I'm well, sorry. I've, I've kept edit, you way too edit long. That <laughs> edit that out. I'm joking. <laughs> Listen, you've Go given me a lot own. of editing to do today. <laughs> <laughs> S- speaking of, you know, tickets. V- you've v- you've You're saying... We were talking earlier, you've got your own cabaret that you do, and you've done Manchester Pride, headlining as well, so that's fucking amazing. (laughs) Well done you. Thank you. What is next for Lady Bushra? Because... Well, I mean, life is about living in the moment, right? So right now, I'm just enjoying doing nothing. I think this is the first (laughs) week I've had off pretty much all year. That said, I'm doing a brunch this Saturday. But, um... What's next? I you, well, you've got to watch the space. Um, there's oh, a lot she's not planned. Giving anything right, away. <laughs> right now, I think I'm sort of in the Pride circuit. I think Manchester Pride is definitely one to watch out for. I'm there as part of Danny Beard and Friends, and uh, that's going to be a very special new performance. So something that I've not done before. But um, I, I, aside from that, I've recently secured a really exciting project 
that's going to come out towards the end of the year. Yet to sign the dotted line, so I can't talk about it just okay. yet. Uh, but that's very, very exciting. There's plans to do more stuff stateside, but again, that's you know that's in development. We'll see what happens. It may not happen. You know, that's the thing with entertainment: is one minute you're performing in front of five thousand people, and then the next minute you're performing in front of seven, and they just do don't care for you. So, <laughs> but you know, you're not too big for any stage. You know, no. so and you'll give the same show whether exactly. it's seven or whether it's five thousand, and that's what I love. Absolutely, you. absolutely, a hundred percent. You know, you 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 you're never bigger than the stage or the audience that you're in front of. So. In terms of my cabarets, my drag comedy cabarets, they are happening up and down the country. So predominantly Manchester and Cardiff and London. So they happen monthly. Cardiff, we only have one day. So check out my website, www.ladybusher.com. Uh, if you really want the Lady Busher experience, the place to be is at the drag comedy cabarets. They tend to do very, very well and you get a full two-hour show. Gorgeous. Um, and it's chaos get your tickets. in the best get possible your way. now. <laughs> I love it. Whoever you are, absolutely purchase the tickets and um, have the time you like. Well, I ha- I think I've got about thirty seconds left on my little timer. So mm-hmm. why don't you give mm-hmm. final words? Well, my fi- the final words is first of all, thank you so so much for having me. I've had an absolute wonderful time, Poppy. I really appreciate it. Um, the only message that I'd put out to people is to be your true, authentic selves. Do what makes you happy. Life is too short to be living by other people's expectations. Yeah. And don't take life too seriously. When you stop taking it too seriously is when you start having fun. And if you're having fun, other people are having fun too. Absolutely. Oh, no way. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> For fuck's sake. It literally cut like you finished your last word and then it cut. <laughs> literally, literally, yeah. Um, I'm just going to have to get you to send me like a little voice clip that says, bye. <laughs> no, not this filter. I love it.